Welcome everybody to the aftermath of the madness that took place last week that decimated sleep schedules, including my own. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know. What about you, Brett? Did did the your sleep schedule get boomed at all? No, I uh, work a normal job, and so I just uh, watched the games when they weren't playing. <laughs> you watched you watched the vods back the next day. Yeah, I mean a lot of them weren't too terrible. Yeah, I I, I I watched my team play live. I watched all twenty-two matches live. Madman, staying up till one a.m. in the morning. I think on on when it was was it Wednesday night or Thursday night? It was so for for the viewers. I I am a weirdo. I work a four a.m. job. I get up at like four fifteen, and so because the matches went so late, there was. It was like I think it was like Wednesday or Thursday where it was like there were three map fives. So matches went to like one thirty, two o'clock. Yeah. And so I just made the decision to just um not sleep because I was just going to work. And I then went to work the next morning and felt like death and decided not to uh, go about staying up all night again. But I I I felt like I did decently well on the uh what like four hours of sleep average you're a crazy young guy i feel like you know a few years ago i would have been fine doing something like that but now i've hit the the point in my life where it's like i value sleep <laughs> more than than anything i say that but last night i stayed until stayed up until two reading all but, right well you know then so. you 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 have no room to speak then so let's get things started, and I guess we already jumped into a little bit. So just let's start with just general general thoughts and uh, feelings and reactions that we had for the tournament. I, I I am of the opinion that this is probably the best tournament that the league has ever run, personally, in yeah. terms of enjoyment, in terms of like quality of play and like storylines and stuff like that. I don't think there's another tournament that came close uh, in terms of an overall hype factor. Well, I think one of the best things is the finals wasn't a 4-0. <laughs> it's been a while. Thank goodness. Um, but but no, it's just, I, I feel like the storylines were awesome. I, I feel like everything about it, like, I, I think there were some tragic things about the way the tournament ended up. But I think the actual matches and the casters and all that stuff, it was just, as mm -hmm. good as it's ever been and and better than anything that I can remember. It's yeah. So many five mappers, so few, you know, three and O's. Um and the three and O's we had were still like interesting. They were like, entertaining or at least relevant in a sense that it were they weren't three O's that we expected. I mean we had like yeah. almost a third of the matches, like seven out of the twenty two were map fives, and then like ninety out of hundred and eighteen possible maps were played. So like it was a real all of the matches were really good even I mean yeah there were 3 O's I mean but it's like those 3 O's were like early on in the tournament like the losers bracket didn't have anything every team in the losers bracket at least won a map which so, I think is cool every single team won at least one map that's some teams only one map but <laughs> one only only, only one, one team, team only one one only map, one and that's team Dallas, but we'll talk yeah. more about them but, like, it was, but what was really cool was like leading up to the tournament and like the couple days before it, there were lots of tweets like from jake from basically all over the overwatch overseas community that like saw the initial setup 
for the tournament in that room with the teams literally like like two feet apart facing each other and they're like what what is this setup everyone's like this is terrible uh but then coming in once we once the tournament actually started they they pushed the teams back a little bit so they were probably more like five ten feet apart and as far as i'm aware of as soon as the tournament started there was not a single complaint from players coaches any talent or anything about the the setup being like unbearable or being weird which like had been a problem with hawaii in the past like a lot of teams would complain about competitive advantage going to apac because of like uh, prep time and things like that but like they the only complaint leading up to the tournament was the game room setup and once the tournament started there didn't seem to be a problem and from a viewer's perspective it was really fun to see the a- the na teams in the same room together there were um yeah. a lot of fines handed out let's just say that <laughs> lots of birds being thrown across the room it was uh it was fun it was a really fun tournament it, it made me really excited for end of season stuff uh but yeah, and I I I like the desk setup. The desks, too. yeah. The, I I was a little worried about Ovali because obviously she's not an Overwatch person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd seen her do a lot of League stuff, and and she has good energy. She's fun. She's well, funny. and like Custom Reinforced um, gave her like a crash course of the League the week the week before, and it it was just those three on the desk. Like you take away Zoe and reinforce and cuss just go crazy <laughs> yeah well the the best thing i i think one of my favorite parts of the weekend on the desk side of things was day one starts they do their preds everyone's predding atlanta over london except ovally and i think danny was I the other danny one but ovally was the only london. one out of the three that went london and she was right and that made me happy and Ovaly knows where it's well, at. Well, and then she was like talking why she had to pred fusion about how she was literally employed by like the upper oh, org. Yeah. It was the energy she brought to the desk was was really refreshing, was and the, her Custa and Reinforce just made the desk so much fun. Like I really enjoyed the desk and having getting to have Achilles and Avril cast games that you know in in hours that most people you know because most people don't get to hear Avril and Achilles cast, but them being yeah. able to do the finals and stuff was really good. It was nice to hear them do more Well, matches. and I think you and I were talking about it pretty early on in the tournament. Like, they're probably my favorite casting duo out right now, just because, like, I feel like they they have the right balance of, like, fun and seriousness, and they're really knowledgeable on the game. Yeah, they're I doesn't I seem true about genuinely all of the believe like Avril and Achilles between the two of them have probably the deepest knowledge of professional Overwatch because I mean Achilles was doing you know Apex and like mm-hmm. Overwatch can you know Korean contenders and Avril you know has been watching Apex religiously, you know, he is the Apex, yeah. you know, apologist. So like between the two of them they are just so knowledgeable about the game and of the mechanics and then yeah they have the right balance of um getting across information but also being entertaining and it's like you you because you can you can because you can't be just all analytical because that's just boring and we don't have any caster pairs that are that are like that but it's like you if you're not an analytical enough and you just try and rely on comedy then you kind of lose 
some of the the audience base because i mean i know there's a lot of the community that isn't a big fan of like leg day and kiwi i don't have a problem with them i think they're fun but it's like if you if you're uh of the opinion that it's like oh but you shouldn't only be talking in memes like yeah. they, they i'm not a huge do. fan of the two of them but it's like casting it's like it just just kind of have the right balance and i feel like achilleos and avril have the best balance of that and then obviously mr x and uber are yeah yeah um, yeah, they're yeah. just they're Uber X. They're Uber X. You can't really beat them. Yeah. They're just as good as it gets in terms of just sheer hype factor. But it was really nice to see Achilles and Avril get to cast the grand finals of that match of the tournament. But overall mm-hmm. the tournament was awesome. However, I mean but it's not all it's not all sunshine and rainbows though. So the esports chart echarts.org or dot com, I guess, released an article looking at the viewership for the midseason madness. And the peak viewership was only 70,000 viewers, and it was during the grand finals. Uh, I mean, they don't they don't count Chinese viewership for I mean, and it makes sense because Chinese viewership has a history of being suspect at best. Uh, but like only 70,000 viewers for the grand finals of what was probably the best tournament that the league has ever had that. It's not that's not great i mean yeah the hours that the matches were played weren't great for na but i mean i feel like they were more accessible to european and asian viewers as well as a whole versus like because eu kind of always gets cucked a little bit but like these matches like the later ones went you know we're at like 8 a.m i think because i mean i think leg day was talking about that on a vast stream was he when he was up so it's like the hours probably didn't help but it was just only 70,000 70, viewers peak is not great for yeah. the league. And, I mean, this is a constant trend for the league as the viewership has been declining. Uh, but I, I, I definitely think it is a multitude of issues. It's not just... I mean, yeah, I mean, they're playing on a game that is six years old. But, I mean, I guess they're playing Overwatch too. But it's just like... I uh, I mean yeah you could probably you could point at Blizzard to say they fumbled the bag a little bit in terms of how it's been advertised and how it's been handled, but at the same time I mean you and I were talking about it before we started recording that esports in general has been declining in viewership. Yeah, well I think part of it is if you compare, um, like esports, let's say esports ten years ago when League was new, um. If you look at like how quick League of Legends grew and kind of what kind of game it is, it's it's a video game that is two teams, you know, strategically playing against each other, and it's structured in a lot of ways, a lot like you know other sports, real sports, mm-hmm. and it's kind of you know the the electronic child of it. But the thing is, is like if you look at modern day, what what people are watching, it's like. Esports at one point it was like it was trying to be taken more serious. It was trying to be more legitimate, and it was trying to get wide widespread viewership. But if you look at it, like the older generations just never picked it up, and a lot of the people that originally were big fans of like League of Legends and stuff, they're getting to the point in their lives where they just aren't playing video games like they used to and stuff. And so I I think that plays a big role into it, where it's like. If you look at all these like classic type esports where it's two teams playing a game, you know, head to head, it's like viewership in all of them is kind of dying. If you look at what esports are getting views, it's it's things like, you know, 
like Fortnite's still getting a lot and 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 i feel like even then it's like i feel like esports as a whole aren't nearly as like i feel like just in general esports are kind of waning in the west at least yeah uh and it just it overwatch league has taken a brunt of that just because of its structure and its mishandling every now and then and it just being an older game and we'll see when it comes out. Like, uh, that's the hope. The hope is that Overwatch 2 in October helps bring new life to the league. Because, I mean, we saw what happened when they had the drops enabled in week one. I mean, they had, like, over 100k viewers av- uh, peak. I think it was, let me see here. It was 121,000 uh, viewers for the first match of Kickoff Clash. Which, it's like, if the Overwatch League is able to get over 100,000 viewers... That's pretty good for the Overwatch League, all things considered. But it's like that was because drops were enabled. And so the hope is that when Overwatch 2 comes out, it helps bring new players to the game and helps get some older players back. And then has the hope. What what Blizzard needs to do is use the League as the poster child of the game and like promote it to heck in the launcher and in the menus and everything. Because currently... If Overwatch League is happening, the only way you know is it has the little live ticker next to the Overwatch League bit of the Overwatch menu. Like, there's nothing you... It's not big, bright on the main screen that says Overwatch League is airing now. Like, there was nothing. There was nothing. So, what Blizzard needs to do for Overwatch 2 is really lean into the Overwatch League and use it to promote the game and use the game to promote the League and just tie the two together. Make it really obvious in launchers and in menus that it's happening. Because if you don't, the League's just going to be left out to dry. Yeah, and which I think they might do because they might just deem it not financially. Because I I don't know that it's the most economically, um, like the 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 most enticing option for Blizzard. I think moving over to this free to play option, if they just focus more on getting the battle pass bot rather than views on on you know any of their esports i think that's what's going to bring in the money and that's yeah, probably yeah. but I, I, I think because of it's just it's it's too easy not to promote it yeah like it's way too easy True. to not just put something on the launcher and a, a little something a little more obvious in the menu of the game to not do that like that literally if they just do that you'd get at least a little bit more visibility so uh, you know it's whatever but enough yeah. enough doom and gloom let's actually talk let's talk let's talk, actually talk yeah about let's talk tournament. about the games <laughs> let's talk about the game so what we've done is we've separated the 12 teams that participated into like four categories in terms of their performance and when they went out uh so we're gonna start with the teams that we considered like the the not quite the just not quite their teams you know the teams that coming into the tournament, they were like, they're not going to win the tournament, but they, you know, they're good teams and they they put up good performances. So we're talking like Toronto Defiant, Florida Mayhem, London Spitfire, Houston Outlaws. No, they're no, but oh, the only people that came into the tournament going, oh, they're going to win it all are the ones that were just off the goop on Hopium. Like, yeah, n- neither you or I were like, oh, London and Houston, here it comes. They're going <laughs> to, no, yeah, and we are big and we are very you know, London <laughs> Outlaws. <laughs> So, but all things considered, these four teams actually did quite well. Yeah, like, I, mean, I mean, we mentioned before, like every team had at least one map win, and all of these teams uh, won nope. at least one match nope. outside of Toronto. Yeah, it's like be careful right? with that one. Yeah, Toronto outside was of Toronto, the three of the four think, teams. 
Toronto's probably in their own category a little bit in this, just because like yeah, they did go zero and two, but I the reason why I think they're in here is because it's like even though Toronto is the walking definition of a mediocre team, I mean even though they got three would by the Dragons, it was actually a competitive three zero. Like I thought Toronto yeah. did better against Dragons than I thought well, they would, especially the first couple maps especially especially the first map was yeah really control close. was really close yeah um, and they should have won it and they didn't yeah i'm sad about it well but, and then and then they went to five against houston which i mean obviously the houston goes to five against basically everybody and their mom but then houston just wins the map five and toronto played it close i can't you know you can't fault toronto for that and I mean, Toronto took the middle two maps, and basically they did. It's the Outlaws special of let's bring in Piggy, do some stuff, and then oh wait, we're losing. Let's bring Dante back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but I felt like all of these middle teams did quite well. London was able to pull out the win against Atlanta at the start, which we didn't think was we thought could happen, but Atlanta just kind of fell flat in that match, and yeah. London took advantage of it. And even their game against Shock was actually much closer than it than it really had any right to be. I thought that London was playing the mirror comps, like the mirror ball comps and the mirror Winston comps, fairly close. Yeah, I, I think the big takeaway for London from this tournament, and, and really this whole, t you know, leading up to the tournament, the game, is they actually have, like, a, a pretty deep character pool. They can play a lot of different looks and, and look pretty good at, at them. Um the interesting thing was their their choice of um oh i totally spaced what i was saying but um but yeah i i thought they looked pretty pretty solid for the most part i mean the florida game was really unfortunate well um, yeah and it's like a lot of that comes down to like florida just flipped the switch Florida flipped the know, switch I, they realized that someone on winston xe you know xe kind of would go crazy but someone on winston is that's definitely his best hero um yeah and then they they were playing more double flex than they did because when they were playing against outlaws they were running rupaul onimo a lot and then mm -hmm. when they played against london they decided to bring in sir majed back in um but then when they went up against fusion they went back to onimo and onimo had we'll just say questionable ults sometimes his beats were very strange so yeah. they they flip the switch, but I mean Spitfire can be happy. Bone backbone, bone back on the Zen. Oh yeah! Holy crap! That guy was taking names against Atlanta. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure they're the only team that are running a DPS player on, on support the Zen, right? Uh, and not well, they're not the only team that's played DPS player on support though. Oh yeah. Uh, the, Who else? the spark would have been running, have occasionally run architect on the Ana. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which we didn't really see in this tournament because they didn't really play a whole load of Ana from my memory. They just mainly did like the Anas. They just did like Zen, rig, uh, like BAP stuff. So, but yeah, the, the I, I think one... it's working for London pretty. Well, it works pretty for London right. because... better than it should. Well, and I think we <laughs> talked about this when they were playing. It's like because. Bo I keep wanting to say bone back, which I guess is like the meme Zen because backbone is like his May, probably one of the best Mays in the league. Like Zen's primary fire translates pretty closely to Mays. Yeah. Like left, uh, which right click, you know, I've said this before, but I think like, honestly, every player on London has like just shocked me this year. Like 
it's well, they've it's shocked beautiful. everybody. Yeah, it's just beautiful to see you know this this group of players that before this season like More memes. were just very yeah very forgettable, and this season they've just shown that they belong in the league, and and it's so cool to watch. It's you you have like backbone just going insane on the May and insane on the Zen. You have Sparker who is you a, know a, is just. Uh, he's a top level he is a top level hit scan you know hit scan and uh, his sojourn is is super solid when he pulls it out and um they, and yeah i i just think london is fun to watch london's great and i think by the end of the year i think they win games like this florida match i i think you know they have the potential to you know be one of the top teams by the end of the year yeah I, and they just got unlucky. Mayhem flipped the switch, pulled off the reverse sweep. I mean, it was a really close match. Lost me a lot of money, channel points. Um, but you know, it's, that is why you don't gamble. I'm just kidding. Gamble the channel points. The the uh, the Avast companion stream channel points market was in shambles for me. I lost the house. Uh, Random note, uh, kind of unrelated, but uh, so in League of Legends, there's this stream that is going twenty four seven that is so fun it's uh it's called oh what is it it's something timo um i'll have to look it up later okay but but no no it's brilliant because what it does is it just it pulls up live streams of just really low level play uh-huh. and you just gamble channel points no on yeah the and, channel point gambling yeah and it's just it's just like low level like bronze and lower i i it's, it's just like they were fun matches but so but then on the other side of things the other the other two teams outlaws and defiant played each other i mean when outlaws played mayhem it was not close outlaws usually coming into that match and i I think i told you this i was like outlaws don't 3-0 people they just don't they just go to mount five with everyone and then they 3-0 the mayhem and was like oh my goodness they they've learned how to 3-0 again uh and then and then and then they went back to I, i just think it's pretty impressive that out of the what like five or six three o's two of them were the outlaws well outlaws getting three o'd by glads that's expected glads would have three o'd any one of these four teams yeah. uh but outlaws continue i think they're now seven and one on map fives which is funny because three of those eight three of those eight or nine map fives are against toronto <laughs> but it's odd because outlaws outlaws tournament run literally went the exact same way as kickoff flash did weird stuff, you know, whatever. Got 3-0'd by the Glads, went down, won a map five against Toronto, and then got beamed out in the second round. <laughs> and the Outlaws did what they normally Outlaws do. Special. I mean, they, you know, they win control, and then they kind of flub about in the middle two maps, win push, and then win control. I mean, you know, it's whatever. I, The Outlaws, what their game against Defiant went close. It just feels like Defiant have the Outlaws number. I, I think that's just what it kind of comes down to. So them going to five against Defiant, and Defiant played close against Shanghai, even though it was a three zero. So the Outlaws going to five against Defiant, I'm not, you know, it's yeah. Whatever. I don't think that reflects bad on the Outlaws. But, but at then all. they went into the Atlanta match, and that match was winnable. Like they took a map, and but then the rest of the match, it was a lot of weird decisions. I mean, the one that comes up to me is on King's Row when Lastro goes on the. the I don't even know what to call what he did. 
Uh, he went into the, the. It was weird. He goes into the health, the staircase health pack on King's Row B, and then watches as all of the Atlanta rain come down the stairs. And instead of like staying hidden, he just runs into the team. And instead of trancing to get out, he just dies. And then the Outlaws just lose. And then it happened. Yeah. And then it happened again on Push, where he died in a fight where he shouldn't have. And he had trance, and he died in the fight. And it's like when it comes to those push overtime fights, you can't lose a player at any point, and he dies, and the Outlaws just couldn't. Had he been there with trance, I think the Outlaws win that, and they go to five, and Outlaws probably win five because that's just yeah. how they are. And that's it's like that if had that happened, had Outlaws won against Atlanta, this tournament would have been very different, as we'll talk about later. But I, it, mm-hmm. I feel like. There's two sides. Like to, Toronto can be okay with their tournament performance because I mean they're just the definition of a mid team. It's like them being in the tournament at all is like good for them. Uh, I think they could probably improve, but they I feel like Defiant Defiant and largely Mayhem sometimes just kind of are missing that like it factor, like a player that can just pop off out of nowhere. But I feel like Hisu does that from time to time. But like with the Outlaws, Merritt was playing out of his mind in a couple of matches, and so was Pelican. Mm-hmm. But it's like the outlaws. The problem with them, it's like part of me. You can like partly not be disappointed in their performance because it's like good job. I mean, you lost to the third best NA team, but at the same time, it's like you keep doing this. Come on, one of yeah. these days, it's like you can't. You can't keep being this gatekeeper top mid tier team. You gotta one of these. You gotta be able to take matches off of Atlanta in playoffs. You gotta be able to compete and go to map five against Glads and Shock. Otherwise, it, the Outlaws are just permanently gonna be a team with a lot of blue on their Liquipedia page. Yeah. So, you know, but you know, those four teams, no one thought they were gonna win anything. No. So and and none of them. I mean, as we were saying, like all of them had good moments you know and and showed why they belonged in the tournament and i think every team that was in this tournament you know put up a good showing ha- had at least outside of dallas belonged to be well there. let's but i would have rather had dallas than any of the teams that didn't oh you're telling me you'd, you'd rather oh, have outside dallas of than justice oh what are you Outside of Chengdu, yeah. Chengdu. If imagine this, if if Chengdu was in the tournament instead of Dallas, yeah, but that couldn't work because of the the way that the the oh oh the I know that, but, but you know but if it was, why, well, why don't we know. why don't we talk about <laughs> Dallas and the other two really disappointing teams, um, Dallas, Shanghai, and Seoul. Oh, I mean, I guess Shanghai is the least disappointing out of these, but come on. Getting boomed 3-0 against the Shock, and then kind of getting turbo-rolled by the... I mean, what? That being said, I feel like Shanghai and Seoul have the same excuse, you know? No, no, no. I feel like the difference between Shanghai and Seoul is Seoul came into this tournament as favorites to at least get second in the tournament some people are picking them to win and what do they do soul dynasty wins two maps they they didn't yeah. win a single match dallas fuel is more disappointing because dallas won only one map no no so i was saying soul and shanghai have the oh, same soul and, well yeah yeah but where you know with apac being different you know they haven't played strategy i think soul losing to the spark round one in the fashion they did that's like unforgivable but the loss against atlanta it's understandable atlanta's running things it, it, like playing 
I feel like APAC was just playing a different game than than the West coming into this tournament. There weren't any like really good showings from APACs against well APAC teams against that's Western not entirely teams. true. I mean. I mean, yeah, Fusion beat Mayhem, but I mean, you know, it's Mayhem. But I mean, Spark almost took down Glads. It went to five. And that's probably the, that is the, in, in terms of looking at like top APAC teams versus top NA teams, that's the one match that you can look at and be like, okay, maybe. But that was also where Shy went crackhead crazy. I mean, yeah. Shy went insane in, yeah. in this well, tournament. And, but we'll talk about that later. And that's the thing later, about but... the APAC is, is they have, I, I think, the way I see it is they have better players, like one for one, than the West. Even then, because the, they problem, have... the problem is, is APAC is more inconsistent with their top players. Because when I look at Seoul Dynasty, like, each, each, when it comes to Seoul, Fuel, and Shanghai, they all had different problems. Looking at Dallas first, because Dallas was, Dallas, even though it was the most disappointing, I feel like also had the greatest pass, because coming into the tournament, Dallas was already looking shaky. Like, yeah. Honestly, Dallas had no right being the fourth seed in this tournament. No way. Like both like Shanghai deserved it way more, and even Outlaws would have been a better fourth seed than the fuel. Yeah. Like, I, I think the fuel the London game was the one thing that gave me hope for Dallas coming into the tournament. Yeah. Was there one over but London? The problem, but... the problem with fuel is their DPS line is like pathetic isn't the right word, but it just does not match up to where it needs to be if they want to be a top team. And like and they suffer from the same problem as dragons do, where it's like dragons and fuel both thrive on being able to thrive last year and being able to run like fearless, uh, void and fate together and fearless and Hanbin together. But now that they can only pick one or the other, they run into problems there and fuel like Gurio Edison sparkle just isn't going to cut it. Just, it's not going to cut it. Like their, their, their hero pool is weird. And like sparkles tracer is not up to par with like venom and proper Kevster Fleta. It just isn't. Yeah. And then Gurio's hit scan has been suspect at best this season. Like, he has flashes. He has maps. But then he just disappears off the face of the planet. And mm -hmm. it just does... They just can't. And they just can't keep up. And them in Shanghai are both trying to rely on strats that worked in the past. Like, Fuel continuously is trying to play Lucio Moira. It doesn't work, okay? Like, sure, like, maps will be one, but you can't run Lucio Moira for, like, majority of a series and expect to win the thing. Like, Lucio yeah. Moira and Sombra are the two things. It's like, stop. I want this out of my games, out of out of my eyeballs. I don't want to see it. So if you'll just run into they're just not up to par anymore. And same with Shanghai. Mm -hmm. Shanghai, they didn't, the rookies in the league are just better than them. I think Shanghai has kind of fallen behind. They kind of got maybe a little overconfident in their roster because moving into 5v5, I think they're just like they can win against lower teams. Like they're going to beat, you know, they're going to beat the Hunters. They have a lot of talent. They're going to they beat just... the Valiant, but like they're not going to be able to beat they're they're not going to be able to beat Shock. They're not going to be able to beat Atlanta or any of the other top NA teams because it's like they're not The one thing I will say though for Dragons is Lip was doing his darndest to win these matches. <laughs> Lip was yeah. there. Lip was the one consistent. I mean, in the fuel match, he went insane, especially on Circuit Royal. Like, Lip was doing his job, but the rest of the Shanghai Dragons were just not. They, like, yeah. Bebe was not really doing a whole lot. And, like, on control, like, when they were running Izayaki, Lije gone with, like, the Brig and stuff, they were doing okay. But then it just wasn't looking great. The rest of it, I just think Shanghai is slowly getting, is getting outclassed by the rest of the top teams in the league. 
And I think them booming out in this tournament is kind of like falling out in the way they did is kind of a like a I I would be worried about them moving forward and <laughs> what moves on. So it's like fuel and dragon suffer from the same kind of thing, and them falling out is like we kind of saw it coming during the tournament. Like when Shanghai got rolled week one of midseason madness, and then Fuel just kind of struggling, so them exiting the way they did isn't really. I wouldn't be. I guess it's like hindsight. You're like, okay, well, maybe I guess we saw that coming. However, the Soul Dynasty, my goodness, what happened? I, I, like in their match against Spark, Vin Diamond Creative were getting flattened by. Bernard Alpha Yi. Like yeah, that's not it, that's not a was... dive that's not a dive duo that I would put at the top of the league and yet Vin Diamond Creative were getting rolled. Yeah, it it seemed like they just weren't there, you know, and I I feel like Yeah, Hangzhou looked pretty solid. Because it's like Dynasty Soul went to five kinda... like Dynasty went to five against Rain. Who, uh, like I dynasty like profit was doing profit things. Although like, I feel like the thing about Atlanta, Atlanta they go to bottom side of bracket and they will get wins. Like yeah, that, that's just it's Atlanta's just Sol, not going to like Seoul shouldn't like if Seoul if Seoul had been three would by Glads I'd be like oh okay well I guess Glads are just better. But Seoul getting three would by their region mates in the Spark is what is what like worried being me the said, most like that I, being said we've always said that you know any of the you know top four or five teams in apac can take games off of anyone else in any way like it it all comes down to who's popping off and yeah and it just, just wasn't Sol, popping off that match like profit was doing his normal things like he wasn't put on a carry performance but it's like and Smurf was doing some okay things as well, but like Stalker, Vin Diamond Creative just didn't show up to the tournament at all. It, Stalker yeah. was getting diffed left and right by Kai and Shy, and Prophet was doing his best, but it's like you can only do so much when the other team is just that much better. So I think Dynasty's exit from the tournament is much more is miles more disappointing than Fuel or Shanghai because Dynasty yeah. came in as favorites to make it to the grand finals, and them going out the same the same place as Toronto Defiant. Yeah, like when you when you when you're a contender when you when you come into a tournament as a contender to win the thing and you go out in the same round as the Toronto Defiant, that uh, doesn't look too good. And Toronto said, Defiant put up a better fight <laughs> against their region mates than Dynasty did. That being said, I I feel like I'm not worried going forward with Seoul. Like I feel like next tournament when it's just their region, yeah, I still think they're the favorite to win. I I think you know playoff come i i think they're still the most likely apac team to make a boom there like to to make a splash there i i think you know going forward they're still the same soul that they were before this tournament i think they just weren't here for the yeah tournament. they just weren't here for the tournament but i mean speaking of how i mean but as we've talked about they were not so in shanghai were not the best apac teams coming in the tournament like we thought they would be that instead goes to the three teams that surprised everybody uh, we're speaking Atlanta Rain, Hangzhou Spark, Philadelphia Fusion. Uh, let's talk about, let's get the APAC teams out of the way. Spark and Fusion, wow, they kind of came out swinging, didn't they? Yeah. I, I mean, Phil, Fusion going down to Spark round one wasn't, was 
like you can consider it an upset, but I mean it's APAC, so it's whatever. But I mean, yeah. Spark in their entire tournament run, they just went all in on Shy. Shy was taking names. Shy was, yeah. I mean, he, they almost beat the Gladiators for crying out loud in the semis in the upper bracket. Like, yeah, and and the only other team to take the Glads to five was the Shock. Was the Shock. I mean, it's like Spark ran over Fusion and Dynasty. And then be and then beat fusion and then lost to fusion in the lower bracket. But I mean, when you beat Soul Dynasty three zero, like you're making a statement for yourself. And Shy just went insane. Like genuinely, coming from this tournament, I'd say Shy probably is. I mean, best hit scan in the world, probably. Well, I've... and the great thing about this is their last tournament was so disappointing. <laughs> it really was. And you compared last tournament against this tournament where they you know they beat the fusion uh the fusion they destroyed soul and, and then they had take... a close run against the glads and then they eventually lost against fusion but it was but close it was map five and i think it just shows that you know the last tournament wasn't indicative of, of yeah like, no I like the I think this this tournament we finally got to see Spark utilize the talent they have on their roster. That's always yeah. been a problem with the Spark in the past is that when it comes to tournament play, they just fall flat on their face and even just sometimes in the regular season they just don't do what they need to do with their team. But like Alfie Yee and Bernard with the dive against Soul specifically, like whoa my goodness. And then Shy was just taking names. And Super Rich and Irony were doing their jobs. I didn't feel like they were a liability at all. Like they weren't like popping off like crazy, but they weren't pop they weren't like being pulled out for the wrong reasons. The Spark got their they got their crap together in this tournament and they made some splashes unfortunately it came to an end against the fusion in the rematch in the lower bracket in which the the problem with spark is i think as the tournament went on they got they got themselves caught up in the let's just have shy kill everything which mm -hmm. is okay but it doesn't work forever and once a team once shy isn't able to do like become literal god it doesn't quite work anymore, and so I think Fusion kind of figured it out a little bit. And that said, Fusion weren't no weren't slouches either. I mean, yeah, they played close to Florida, but Florida were playing well. And I think a large part of Fusion's success was like Bellis Ria on the ball. It's kind of kind of clean. Yeah, looked really good. Although to be fair, there were times where I was watching the Fusion matches, and it looked like he was just platforming around on the map just to roll around. <laughs> there were times. But hey. <laughs> Why not? That's that's how you play ball. There were there were definitely times where I saw him rolling around. And I'm like, what it? What is he doing? <laughs> he was just kind of he was just kind of rolling. You know, they see him rolling. So uh, fusion. I mean, MN three was doing doing good, and like fusion, fusion and spark were the, just the representatives of APAC this time around. Uh, yeah. But ultimately uh fusion they take down spark looking good but then they too became they fell fate to uh the apac killers yeah i atlanta. did not i don't think anybody in this tournament came in going you know what i think atlanta rain is going to be three out of the four apac teams single-handedly yeah. knocking them out of the tournament it was uh it was kind of crazy and really kind of fun to watch um 
it was really fun to watch because i mean yeah. once they took down once they lost because when they lost to london you're like oh atlanta's they're done it's because i mean last time they got booned by london it didn't look pretty after that but last tournament they did i mean they showed up and they took down shock right yeah and it's like it, playoff atlanta is just kind of built different so i guess we kind of should have expected it but like they took down Seoul and you're like oh Seoul, what are you doing and then they go up against shanghai and you're like oh surely they don't do it again oh they do it again and then they go up against fusion and you're like oh well, surely they don't do it again. Fusion's curse to always finish in second place. Surely that's stronger. Uh, nope. Rain yeah. Rain took care of business. I feel like, to me, I, I think one of the biggest things is it just, this tournament, and, you know, we'll probably talk about this a little later, but it's like, I feel like one of the biggest things that, that I realized with this tournament is is that, there's a, a big disadvantage to APAC. And and I think if they want to balance out the regions a little better, APAC needs, you know, a, another team or two. You know, they, they need some more variety in, in the way they play because, you know, I, I think playing against Atlanta, like, none of the teams really looked like they could handle them. I think Seoul, Seoul you know, obviously it was a map five, but Seoul popping off, will always take maps you know yeah but when it comes down to it, it was like atlanta just proved they were the better team every time they played an apac team yeah and and atlanta's not like i i mean they aren't the best team in the west they aren't no they aren't the glads they aren't the shock and and to see them just destroy these apac teams just i i think it just showed that the regions are in different places right now yeah, it's and not... hopefully by playoffs it gets a little closer. But hopefully, because hopefully. Uh, I mean, because Atlanta Rain, the third best NA team, then running over the top four NA team. Because the question now is like, had Spark beaten Philly, would Spark have been able to play Rain close? And that's, I think that is an interesting yeah. thing to think about because Fusion played differently than Spark. Because Fusion as a team were just trying to play good around Bellasrius Ball, whereas Spark were just all in on the shy ash i mean the shy the shy the shy sojourn and shy i definitely think probably would have diffed kai a little bit just because shy was diffing literally everybody i think it would have been really fun to watch i think i, I, think, I, I think a spark atlanta game may have been a, more, a little closer and much more entertaining than the fusion rain game was just because of the styles they play because fusion's just yeah. playing ball I mean, I guess Spark was as well, but MN3 wasn't playing to the level that Shy was. And yeah. I th that may have made it be a little bit closer, but I, 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 no one thought Atlanta was going to come in and roll the APAC teams. Nobody. And yeah. it was just funny how the the way that that bracket went, that all of the that Seoul and Shanghai were placed in Atlanta's way. Yeah. So. And it was... Uh... It was it, fun to watch. It was very much enjoyable. And to a watch. best region. Yeah. So Confirmed. you know, Atlanta takes them down, but then Atlanta, of course, runs into the Gladiators, and that, like every other time, Atlanta has run into the Gladiators, and it was not particularly close. Yeah. Which... I think the Gladiators, they just, I mean, and we've talked about this every time we talk about the Gladiators, and I think we will every time this year. They're just the most well-rounded team. They're the most um 
they're able to adapt to any team comp they need in any situation and they have the depth of chart and then the, in addition to having the depth because i feel like you know there are other teams that can play team comps like that like i feel like london they can bring out any comp comp mm-hmm. confidently and you know play at high level but gladiators just have you know crazy pop-off potential you know all of their dps players are mm-hmm. you know just insane and yeah they're they're just unstoppable i mean they lost against the shock in the semifinals, mm-hmm. but then they came back and and looked really solid especially the first few the first like couple maps especially yeah, they, I mean, really dominant. Shock and Glad's the clear number one and two teams in the league, and I feel like the first the the upper finals that they played, Shock, Shock proper went crazy both matches. Proper is yeah. insane, and that uh, legitimately the single best best player in the league, probably. I don't think you can yeah. really argue anyone else. But it was interesting that the, the the map the maps that were played on both were were interesting because the first one shock kind of it was close it was a close one too but particularly like the circuit royal the circuit royale match like map that was that was a roll like proper went crazy on the sojourn and what was Mm -hmm. weird is that when we went to the grand finals shock opted not to pick circuit royale and instead went to gibraltar the map that gladiators literally had just full held the atlanta rain on yeah, and, and it's it's one of those maps that you like. If you were to just guess which team picked that map, you would think the Glads. You would every think time. the Glads did because I mean, Shock literally stomped the Glads the day before on Circuit Royal because Glads don't have the same lineup potentials that Shock does. Like Glads won't be able to run Widow Sojourn, and if they do, Kevster's Sojourn isn't proper Sojourn. And yeah. Kilo versus it's like were they afraid of Ons? Like why would you be afraid of Ons when you have Kilo and you'd be like it just it didn't make a whole lot of sense because yeah. I feel like if Shock pick Circuit Royale instead of I mean they also lost their Eichenwald pick, which they were running like Diva stuff. Which is the one thing that I loved about this matchup, especially in the upper finals, was we got like the Roadhog mirror on Oasis. <laughs> but like, I saw- thought it was interesting how much we saw uh, Mikey instead of Kaluge. Yeah, well, it, Kaluge played a lot in the upper in the upper finals, but then yeah, when they came into yeah, the grand finals, Mikey into, played a lot he, more. Yeah, did. Kaluge play any maps in the I think, grand well, finals? Well, Kaluge played Eichenwald because he played Diva. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's and it right. was just kind of how the maps went because it's like on control and push, you're going to play a lot more because Mikey's the ball Winston player. So it's like yeah. when you're playing dive, it's just so strange that they didn't pick Circuit Royale. I mean, I don't know what the thought process is, but it's like in my mind, if, so- if Shock picks Circuit Royale map three, I would imagine they win that, right? Surely. So yeah. you go into push and it's 2-1, Glads would probably still pick New Queen Street, I would imagine. And even if they pick Coliseo, I think Shock probably would still be able to win push. So you're going yeah. into control 2-2, and mm-hmm. Glads already, you know, and then after that, the maps are going to be picked the same way because it's Glads pick. So you'd, you're still going to go to, what was it, Ilios, right? Was was map 5? Yeah, I think it was Ilios. So, like, you're still going to go to Ilios. Shock, that's still probably going to run the same way. Shock is going to win that. And now you're going into map six. Dorado, Glad's pick. Shock are up 3-2. 
Yeah. And maybe Gladstone and Dorado, but now you're going to map seven, which shot get to pick, and it's hybrid. Which, granted, I don't know if Kings Row or Midtown really play into Shock's strengths like they do Glad. So it's like the Glad still probably win the finals, but it's a seven mapper instead of a six mapper. It's, yeah. No, if map five was Li Zhang, not Ilios. So it's like, it's odd the map picks, but both teams are. Li Zhang, though, by the way, when Sam pulled out the Torbjorn on Night Market, oh, I was like, there's no was way. Brilliant. That was beautiful. And it worked. It, it was worked. good. It was a good look. It was a good pick. Yeah. I don't think any of us had Nano Torbjorn on our bingo boards this week. But both we teams have. were just played played really well. And with Shock, yeah. it was a lot of proper, just doing proper things. And with Glad's, the player I want to point, Glad, funny Astro on the Lucio. Oh, yeah. Like, he single-handedly won, helped single-handedly win, what was it, the Spark, the game against the Spark in Map 5 on Ilios. Like, he was fragging out on Lucio. Like, teams just didn't have an answer. But then Shock in the Grand, Shock... Tried to do it a little bit, but like in the grand finals, Finn was playing Lucio sometimes, and I was like, "What the heck am I seeing? My eyes." So well, I'm pretty sure I've said it before. I think Funny Astro is very potentially like the best Lucio in the league. Yeah, the only other Lucio I'd put up there would be Primely Jay Gone when he's yeah. playing Lucio, but, but I think that Funny Astro is a little more consistent. Well, and Funny that. Astro basically only plays. Lucy. He's just yeah. Lucy. If you're playing Lucy, if Funny Astro's in, it's just all Lucio. Whereas when Lee yeah. Gone is in, he plays Brig. So Glads, as you said, are just a more well-rounded team. And I feel like the first time that the Shock and Glads faced, it was more so just Shock had just better map picks. Yeah. And the Glads were kind of feeling. Ons, to be quite frank, for a large majority of the tournament, Ons just kind of didn't exist. I feel like yeah. Ons wasn't really was kind of ghosting the glads a little bit for most of it but then when they got to the grand finals especially on map six and dorado on just kind of was like okay no we're um we're winning this and just took names yeah uh, and it was and so i was glad that it wasn't a four though because it was it was close i was that being like said, oh, no. that last map the way it ended was pretty tragic like as George Lucas says, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Like I was, I was playing a board game with some friends, and we had the TV in the background muted, uh -huh. and then we were just unmuting, you know, pretty much every map. And then that map, we ended up. It was muted for most of the time, but then we were like, "Oh, it's getting towards the end. Let's unmute it, right?" We unmuted it, and then it ended. We were like, "Wait, yeah, no, it, 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 there's it's." There's a debate out there a little bit as to whether or not the Shock C9 the cart there. Like, you can argue it both ways. Like, the argument for it is proper, most specifically, like, literally blinked over the payload, I'm pretty sure. And, yeah. like, Mikey rolled out way too early. So it's like, you can argue that it was a C9 because they had people that could have touched, but the argument against it is, like, Mikey... Mikey messed up in his positioning first off. He rolled out way too early yeah. and that put him at oh, low yeah, he health. So he wasn't out. he wasn't in the health position to touch. And so yeah. Proper didn't get the call. Well, and he and was that was the disappointment. Duty. The the biggest issue with it was Mikey showing himself so early and, and giving that away. Because like if he had even just stayed back until he had ten seconds left or whatever, he mm -hmm. could have at least touched and then, you know, I don't know that it would have made a difference, but at least he would have gotten the touch, and at least 
you know, it would have felt better than him just being cornered and killed before there's even a chance for him to touch. Yeah, I it just that was what it's it's just a little odd that that I mean, it's ironic that that's how it ended. Like, I think that that was probably the single most fitting way for the midseason tournament to end, considering the sheer number of C9s that we've had this stage. I swear they've they've shrunk the payload like the, like range like, like you, it feels like every it. time you see it and every time it's brought up teams talk about it, it's like oh there's like usually it's like the off tank is like the primary point toucher and you're like was it really that big was it really that key to touching the point because we have had more c9s in the last month and a half than i, I think we've had in the first four seasons of the league combined yeah. Like, it's to a point where it's like, if a match doesn't have a C9, it's weird. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, almost every match had at least one that could have been considered a C9 in some way or another. Like, yeah, it, some, it uh, wouldn't really make a big difference, you know? Like, I don't think it would have changed the outcome of the match in most mm -hmm. of them. But it's interesting to see how how prevalent it is i it's just very strange that that happened it's just there were so many and so i'm just baffled by it's unfortunate that's how it ended but i feel like that was the most poetic way for the tournament to end was mm -hmm. on arguably a c9 of all things yeah. uh but i'm just happy the grand finals wasn't a 4-0 because it was really looking like it was gonna be it was yeah. it was awfully close until but it wasn't until shock <laughs> decided that to win push and then started pulling it back but i mean if 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 shock had touched the point on the end there dorado i don't know i think they still would have lost the fight though i don't think they were in a yeah, good i don't probably. think i mean because ons was taking names there at the end and i feel like he would have picked off Viler finn well I mean, and i don't think mikey would have lasted long no matter what no, he would have been shredded down. So I think they still would have probably and, lost. But yeah. it's just, just tragic. Well, it would have been fun to it watch. It would have been fun, you know, for like them it would do that. It wouldn't have left those questions of what if, like, what if, or like, yeah, what just, if. Yeah. So it was a fun tournament. Glad shock roll over it. So any, what final final thoughts? Big takeaways from this tournament. Final Walking thoughts. away, going into the second half of the season. What 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 do we get from this tournament? Um, London's going to win the playoffs. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, the big thing is I feel like, I, I think the story of this tournament is, you know, this season is really close just overall. Like, you know, the bottom half, like pretty much anything outside of the top, like four western teams or even three no, western th teams. no two like, are you kidding me no what i was going to say is outside of the top three i think apac and the west are like neck and neck oh yeah okay that's what you mean yeah so like the top end of apac and the like middle tier in the west are where they really sit. close and i think everyone you know all of these teams that made the tournament have like who knows like any one of them could do a cinderella run in the playoffs or mm -hmm. something like like I, I honestly think like this season has that kind of potential, and then you have the clear Glad's shock at the top. I, I think you know right now as it stands, there's nobody even there, there is nobody close to them. There is a chasm between and Glad's think, and everyone else. And I think just the top 
teams in the West are just way miles better. ahead of APAC. Yeah. And I you know? think that at, that just sh- it and you had brought it up earlier that APAC is at a pretty big disadvantage with their because whereas with NA it's like if you're you know, let's let's say you're the Glads. You are able to play teams like London, who are playing Rush. You're able to play teams like Outlaws, who are playing Doom Comps. Are you playing Shock, who play lots of who have proper? You know, you're having to practice against proper. But then even like lower teams, you're able to get consistent practice against all ranges of play. Whereas with APAC, outside of like Charge and Valiant, everybody beats everybody. Like yeah. you know, literally week to week, you're like Fusion just comes and beats Soul. Fusion then just loses to Valiant. But it's like in NA, yeah. you don't come out in a week where it's like Toronto Defiant upset the Gladiators. You're like, huh? No. Yeah. That's not going to well, happen. I, yeah, it, I, I think it just goes to show, like, there is no top of APAC. I think APAC is all just like a mess. mid-tier NA. And, and I thought, you know, there was, there was always a possibility that the APAC region was just all you know top tier and all going to be competitive with some of these top teams in the west but i think this tournament just showed that they aren't there well they aren't i think level. a large a large problem with it though i mean and we talked about it with the dragons if the dragons roster no longer stacks up to the gladiators or shock roster and even to the the, the rain roster at least when they're in peak form they just didn't get new players and the rookies that came in on the na side of things are insane yeah. I mean, there is yeah. no player in APAC that matches proper. Yeah. Like, there's no... There aren't really tank players in APAC that match Reiner. Not that Reiner's, like, the best tank in the league, but it's like, I would take Reiner over pretty much every tank in APAC except maybe Smurf on a good... Except maybe Smurf. Yeah, well, I think part of it even comes down to the fact that, like, if you look at how young some of these players started playing at a really high level... Like, this is the first year that we've had the amount of rookies we've had, and they're the quality of rookies we, we've had. That These are players that have been playing since they were, what, like 12 years old? They've been playing Overwatch? If, they are, if they've just turned 18, they would have had the potential to be playing since 12, yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of these rookies are kind of in that boat where they're either... The ones that have just turned 18, so that's, like, proper and stuff, because proper... Yeah. He's been playing and at even, a really yeah, high I, level that entire yeah, time. And same with Potapon as well. The other one. And and I think there are another I mean, there are more coming up in the next little bit as well. And I think it's just the teams that, that grab these players. I, I think, you know w- these players when they start young, they just are inherently going to be better than people that started later in life and i think as the game gets older it's going to be you know these up-and-coming players are are going to outperform some of the old guard and i think in the next year or two the league is going to look a lot younger in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways and the teams that that pick up these new players are are going to be the teams that do well in the next few years and if the league keeps going past that then it's going to i i think you know, just some of these new players are going to last a little while. I, I think that Proper is, is here to stay, and I think he's cracked. He's yeah, insane. I, I think that, I think you've hit it right on the head then from this tournament. It's like we, it was, I mean, NA, I mean, APAC had a lot of new blood outside of the Dragons. Like, 
you know, Dynasty had Creative and Vindime, and they also had Stalker who played, and then, you know, Philadelphia has Fixa, they've got Evan 3 and Zest, and Belisria, and then Spark have Alfie Yi, and they've got um, Super Rich and Irony. But it's just like, I, I think the NA teams had better pickups overall, and it's like the NA teams also had the benefit of na talent as well and i think that's another thing that i think the na side of things in terms of contenders and upcoming players is catching up to korean contenders because it's yeah. like when you look at the tanks that came out of korean contenders you've got people like someone kellen uh who else um you know tanks you know like the um and then whereas you go over like na you look at NA, you've Reiner. got like Reiner, and you've also Mikey, Reiner, and Mikey, Kaluge, and you just have. You look at what teams those guys are on, and it happens to be the teams that. I won mean, every... yes, even though Proper is the second coming of Christ, yeah, from Korean contenders, but... it's just like overall, I feel like the the NA the the Western talent pool is catching up to the Korean talent pool, and because. The Korean teams and the Chinese teams, they're not going to be signing NA players. So, like, the NA teams have free dibs on those guys, and that gives them a little bit of an advantage, in a sense. And I I mean, I'm not saying that all of the players that have come up from NA contenders have been good. I'm looking at you, Titans. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just... The top pack of the top half of NA clears APAC entirely, and it's not particularly close. But then, like you said, I would say the top half of APAC is competes with the middle middle tier of of NA. It's like teams like the Outlaws, teams like London, teams like Fuel. Well, then again, Fuel got cleared by the Dragons. But like for instance, it's like if Outlaws had played Dynasty, uh, where would that have gone? Had Dragons played, you know, had Dragons played Spitfire, where that that would have been a really cool match. And I, the just the unfortunate part of how seeding work and how the tournament went is. The only cross play we got were really the APAC teams against the best NA teams. We didn't really get to see any APAC teams play up against middle of the pack NA teams outside of the Fusion Mayhem game. That is the the sole game yeah. that we can look at because Fusion played Fuel, but Fuel looked tragic. So it's like I don't. It's like the Fusion Mayhem game is like the one game that we can look at to be like, okay, how would APAC fare against middle of the pack NA teams? And according to that game, pretty close. Yeah. But that's it. It's one. One game. And with that, are you uh you feeling like like scratching that scratching that rankings? The rankings? Uh, so mid season power rankings? Yeah, for the first time we get full, actual, legitimate power rankings. So obviously we're not touching anything under the Florida man. <laughs> Uh, no touchy, yeah. Because you know they didn't go anywhere. Um, I think uh, we have a clear top two. Oh, it's yeah, uh, Glad's Shock tier. Break. Oh, I was trying to say Glad Spitfire, but I guess Glad Shock works too. <laughs> My goodness, Glad Shock tier break clear. Yeah. Okay. So Atlanta Rain. Yeah, Atlanta Rain goes to the nice. top of the next one. Okay, so now is when we get a little bit weird. So we do have Chengdu Hunter sitting in this middle zone. Would Chengdu have been able to beat any of these teams? Like, if Chengdu played Fuel... 
I think probably, but it's hard to say. Like, I feel like you know? Chengdu, we kind of have to I put him... I'm going to move Chengdu a little bit and we'll throw him in a little bit. Okay, so let's start at the bottom. So I'd say the worst team in the tournament in terms of that we don't want to, like, overreact is Fuel. I mean, Fuel... Like, if Fuel played Mayhem, I think Mayhem actually probably yeah. would have beat Well, I, I think, you know, when this whole tournament cycle started, things were a little shaky for them, but, you know, I, I was very cautious to push them down the rankings too but far now but, but it's been a whole half of the season that we've had well, so far yeah, but see the, but see here's the issue though is that yeah fuel boomed out but i mean they got beat beat up by dragons in philadelphia so it's like they didn't even get beat up by other na teams is the problem that's true so i like definitely like even though fuel just beat spitfire right before the tournament i think spitfire better than fuel like spitfire yeah. looked better and but then the question of is if Fuel had played Defiant and Mayhem, would Fuel have won? I think Defiant Mayhem still lose those. But like Mayhem them. beat Spitfire. I think if Mayhem was playing like they did in the Spitfire game. Well, they... then here here's what we need to do. Here's the precedent that we need to set. Are we going are we ranking based on moving forward in the year or based off of tournament performance only? Like moving forward using the midseason madness qualifiers and everything and the tournament performance would florida mayhem beat fuel i think moving forward i think mayhem beat the fuel oh, there we go problem solved now would defiant i think would defiant beat fuel and that's the harder one i, I think defiant still lose i think defiant still lose as well um, so i think it goes defiant fuel mayhem well uh moving up so i think moving forward i, th I do think spitfire will beat mayhem moving forward even though mayhem did beat them i think mayhem yeah. drift at the right time i think spitfire is still better okay so now yeah. we've got that we've this this mess of apac teams so i think how how do we want to rate dynasty because i don't know because yeah they got three out by spark but then they took atlanta to five so we've got yeah like i think if we're I think if we're saying moving forward, I would be tempted to even put Soul above the rain. Uh, I don't, I don't know about that one. Well, okay, well, yeah. If, if we're talking regular season performance, yeah, rain is often known to just fall over. So if we are looking forward, I would say Dynasty probably could go over the rain as well. But I don't. It's just I don't know if I would put them up because the problem is if you put them above the rain, it's like. Do you think Spark or Fusion are better than Dragon? Uh, better than Dynasty? Because I mean, Spark just rolled over. I think I think Spark's just not as consistent as the Dynasty. Same with Fusion. It's hard to talk about Dynasty being consistent right now because you know this tournament they really weren't. But mm -hmm. I think just I think we have to leave them where they are though, just because they have. Yeah, we've we just show that when Atlanta peaks, they're better than Dynasty, and Dynasty doesn't. They are inconsistent. I would I would say the Dragons are probably the worst of the APAC teams though here. Like, I think their performance was, and when you take into account their midseason madness performance as well, I think Dragons look the weakest out of these four. Yeah, I could see that. So, okay, well, we do need to, where do the outlaws go? See, <laughs> um, and, and that's the question. Uh, do, would, that... had, the, had the outlaws played Fusion Dragons and Dynasty instead of Atlanta, who would they have been able to beat? I don't think they would have been able to beat Dynasty because the problem is, I don't think Pellet. <sighs> It's just odd because Dynasty Prophet was kept slightly at bay by Venom, and then Fitz was definitely kept at bay by Kai, and Ultraviolet 
and OG were doing their own. It's just like, I don't know if Outlaws would have been able to beat Dynasty. I think Outlaws might have been able to beat Fusion, depending on when they played in the tournament. Yeah. But I think they would have been diffed by Spark. But Merit's played good as well. It's Yeah, I, it's I would weird. say they go right between like the Spark and Fusion. You think, well, do, do we think Fusion are better than Spark? Or the other way around. So we think that Outlaws go between Spark Fusion above Dragon. So if Outlaws and Dragons had played, I think we out. It's weird because I've seen I've seen power rankings that have been on Reddit and stuff. Anybody because I think I think it was Custa. Custa put the Outlaws above Dragons and people ate him up. They were like, "There's no universe in which Outlaws beat Dragons." I think Outlaws beat Dragons. Yeah, and I think the game against the Fusion, I mean, Mayhem took Fusion to five, for crying out loud. Yeah. So I think that's... So then here's what then we need to look at. Fusion, because I think Spark and Dynasty beat Spitfire, Mayhem, Fuel Defiant. I think that those two... I think Soul, I think Soul and Hangzhou beat those teams. Do yeah. we think that London, Florida... Do we think that London could beat Shanghai or Fusion? I think that that is an iffy one. Because... Yeah, and I think a lot of it will come down to map choice. Mm-hmm. Like, if London get well, here's what I would think work. though, because I mean, Spitfire played Shock close in like the ball matchups and the Winston matchups, which is like all that Dragons yeah. play. And it's like the problem comes in though. It's like Sparker versus Lip. I take Lip because he was performing well, but it's like but I feel like that's true with most matches that london go into that's true that's true if you look at individual like dps talent against dps talent it's Mm -hmm. like a lot of the teams they go against it's like yeah i would choose the other team yeah but when it comes down to actual gameplay i I think think what we might have to do i i just i think we i don't know because it depends on which dragon shows up because if dragons play like they have london actually probably could beat them but even mayhem probably could even beat them yeah, but I mean, dragons ran the floor out of fuel. So uh, if we're yeah. thinking mayhem and mayhem and Spitfire barely beat fuel, I don't think they can beat dragons with how badly dragons beat down on them. Yeah, I I would put Spitfire under dragons just because I don't want the Shanghai fans to kill us. Oh, well, I mean, we're putting them under Outlaw. <laughs> okay, so currently we have Glads and Shock one and two tier break. Rain, Dynasty, Spark, Outlaws, then Fusion, then Dragons, Spitfire, Mayhem, Fuel. Two tier breaks. I don't think that we need two tier breaks between the bottom tier. But then we have we have the Hunters at the top of the bottom. Now, most people don't touch their bottom tier because they just don't think they need to. But had Hunters been in this tournament, do you think they could have beaten Defiant and Fuel? Yeah. I think they could have as well. And probably Mayhem. Uh... Depending on... What See, round? They, I think if it was first round mayhem, Chengdu wins. If it was second round mayhem in the lowers lower bracket, uh, mayhem wins. Well, because see, the problem is that Chengdu like they like the Gaga, Winston, and Ball, and I feel like Chengdu are like they have leave, and then the problem is they've got Jinmu doing funny things, and I think leave definitely diffs Exe a little bit. Like mm-hmm. leave is better than Exe, but it's like Jinmu. Versus checkmate. That's interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. So I'd say Chengdu and F- are Mayhem are probably Chengdu and Florida are probably about the same level. Um, yeah. And I would I would 
feel more confident about London versus Chengdu. I think London yeah. beats Chengdu, but I think Chengdu. And I think I'd still put Florida ahead in the yeah rankings just as well. out of the fact that mayhem made the tournament so yeah we're being a bit unique in this one and we're actually putting Chengdu in the rankings most of the team most of the people don't even touch Chengdu because like nah there's no way but honestly i think Chengdu probably could have been able to beat the fuel <laughs> that being said i don't think how, how do playoffs work out like playoffs so the way the playoffs work is i think it's the top uh, because it's 10 I think it's 10 teams from NA. So I think it's the top eight teams automatically qualify and then nine through 11, I want to say. Well, no, 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 no. I think it may be top six and then seven through 10 play for the final two spots. No, it's still, yeah. So it's top six from NA automatically qualify and then seven through 10 play for the last two spots and then APAC top two qualify and then three through five, I think, play for the last two spots. Or maybe it's top three qualify and four through four through uh there's no way it's four through six wait maybe it is four through six then play so currently if if playoffs were to go now then like teams like defiant and uh mayhem they would be like defiant mayhem uprising justice would be playing for those final spots and then an a pack it would be like philly chung philly chengdu and Valiant would be playing for the last spot. I think it's a three-team. I think that's how it is, but, you know. Three-team for one spot. Could be wrong. But, you know, Chung, but we do, Chengdu is definitely the weakest of the yeah. not-terrible APAC team. So they have an outside shot. But, I mean, it would have been fun to see them in the tournament because of their dumb stuff that they play. But, you mm -hmm. know, it is what it is. So I'm happy with this. Oh, you know, we're not even talking about this bottom basement garbage mm -hmm. fire of a tier my goodness who are those teams i don't know who are these I've bottom seven teams i don't ever want to see them play again but i'm happy with these this this list and this definitely could get us we could definitely get some flack thrown at us for this one i mean one putting outlaws of a fusion not only dragons but also fusion and then putting chunk do uh, even in the same category as the tournament teams <laughs> where mm -hmm. we have a lot of faith in the chunk hunters don't we i mean it's it's but I mean, look at the teams we put them above. Like, are those really like? Are those the teams that like? If you look at oh, this was the best tournament we've had. It's because of the fuel and defiance performances. No. <laughs> true. Not, true. Not so true. So, so true. We put Chengdu Hunters below all of the teams that played in that the actually tournament. showed up and did things in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, discounting Dynasty. I mean, really, the 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 one weird bit outside of us putting Outlaws where they are is is us, our Dynasty rankings because it's like you look at that tournament and you're like, Dynasty fourth best team in the world. Did you see them play? Being said, you look at like the way the Spark played in their last tournament versus how they look right now. It's like, well, I wouldn't say the Spark particularly did really well in the midseason qualifiers. It was really in the tournament. I'd say like the argument that you could make is putting Spark above Dynasty because it's like Spark looked better than Dynasty currently. But I just trust like, Dynasty moving forward more than yeah, Spark. Yeah, and that's the thing is I feel like the Dynasty having one bad tournament doesn't mean that they're not yeah and it's like, like the way that they the went out 
they, one they, bad tournament, but they, they're still a good team. They lost to Shy, and then their backline kind of freaked out, and then they lost to the APAC Killers in a five-map set. And in yeah. fact, Dynasty played the closest against Rain than the other APAC teams that played Rain. So yeah. you know, I think that's good enough. So I'm happy with this these rankings, even though they are a bit spicy in some some places. But you know, we'll leave it at that. Um, now. We we had talked about beforehand that we didn't we couldn't agree on a play of the week, but I have on the fly actually figured one out. So the play of the week oh. screen does not is not uh uh-uh. it's it's not um set up properly. So I have no idea how this is going to show up. Uh oh. So uh, we just get the full YouTube screen. So uh, the one I picked was the end of the Rain Glads match, where on Coliseo they literally are trading like one for one in kills. And Kevster and Potapon walk the bot with, like, combined less than 100 HP between the two of them. It's, like, it's like they literally trade one for one, and Potapon mm-hmm. is on 30 HP. Potapon's on 30 health, and Kevster, I think, is on, like, 20. And he, they, they literally just walk it in, and OG and Ultraviolet is literally, like, on... the OG, Kai, and... Ultraviolet are literally like on the bridge top, like they're sitting there. They're just waiting for it. Uh, that that's what I have determined to be play of the week because I mean there were a lot of there were a lot of good moments this week. Like proper had like two proper had two aces on on Circuit Royal. He did it against the Dragons and then he did it against the Glads. But it's like they didn't win the tournament and like I didn't feel like those were like critical moments. It was kind of weird. Whereas this one was like a a game winner, and it's like I didn't want to pick the arguably C nine at the end of the grand finals because it's like I feel like we've already done like one or two C nines as play of the week, and I didn't want to do another one because that and one. This tournament, I mean, th- this year's gonna have a lot more C nines. Oh yeah, like, a lot more to come. So at first it was like, oh, th- this is so funny. Like all these teams keep C nining. Now it's just it's it, it's, it's, an, it's an it's an it epidemic. Hurts. It is actually it is. an epidemic. It's contagious. Teams do not know how to stay on the payload. No team is no team is free. I'm everybody. Everybody has done it. I swear. That being said, the the interesting thing. So C nine is named after the the um the the organization Cloud Nine, right? Correct. Which nowadays is the London Spitfire. And they surprisingly don't have very many C9s cuz considering they are C9. That is very true, no. but I mean that's just the way London plays. London plays yep. very disciplined when it comes to cart presence. Yeah, but I mean, hey, I think... who who would have thought that the London Spitfire would have showed up in the grand finals? Yeah. Good old C9. They're in every tournament. They're in every they, tournament. They're Even they're in every tournament. Always ever, always they're present. Always there. C9 always. is always C9 is always looking down upon us and frowning. <laughs> that 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 Cloud9 team in Apex will never live that down ever. I'm so like imagine if that hadn't happened. What would we be calling it? Probably after some other team. Like I don't know, like who knows what what timeline <laughs> we would be in if Cloud9 hadn't C9 three times in a match in Apex back in like 2017. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, 26. Who knows? I don't even know when it was. Like, which is tragic because it's so catchy to say C9. It's just, just it is, it is C9. an Overwatch term. You cannot say that in any other game. You're like, what are you doing? Like the organization? Like, yes, but no. You know. <laughs> yes, but no. Uh, anyways, that was the midseason madness wrapped up. We are now officially 
halfway through the season. Um, there are no matches this week or next week, but that doesn't mean we're going anywhere. So next week we'll be going through uh, mid-season awards, be giving out players we think deserve it. We will be not just having your typical MVP, Coach of the Year. You know that we're gonna have some fun awards as well. We're gonna have some fun with it. Uh, but then the following week we'll do prep for Summer Showdown and all of those sorts of things. But in the meantime, don't get too bored because there's no Overwatch League. I know I will be enjoying. I won't be enjoying there being no matches, but I'll definitely be taking advantage of the fact that I don't have to schedule my life around matches happening for the next two weeks. And if you get really bored, you can always watch the LCS. Shameless, I'm just kidding. Shameless plug LCS of another, plug of another league. Bad. All right. Well, just kidding. We will catch you all next week. Yep. Take care.